Hi, this is Al Fuentes. Welcome to the Self-Empowerment Experience. Join me and my guests on a journey of their stories of their lives and how they have found themselves, found empowerment through everyday life. It's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's exciting. People from all walks of life come on the program to share their tools, their resources, their insights, so that you may benefit from them. Thank you for stopping by and tuning in. Welcome to the self-empowerment experience. Another episode. Thank you. Dave DiLorenzo, known as the Dilo. Yes. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm really excited to have you on for so many reasons. One, how animated you are, how captivating you are on, um, on any kind of medium, especially social media, where I, I think you have one of the most fantastic uh, Instagram pages and stories uh, just because of who you are and what you share. And Thank you. It's been a lot of fun to get to know you and to work with you. And more importantly, uh, I'm excited to learn more about you. And there's two places I really wanted to start. And one of them is the rocker you, mm -hmm. which I saw a picture of you having long hair. Well, how long was that hair? A uh, little past midway in my back. Yeah, so super long hair. Yeah, and it was you were curly. with like a, a group, what was a famous group? <clears throat> yeah, Aerosmith. You were with Aerosmith, full rocker, yeah. mullet. Was Would you consider that a mullet? No, that was really long hair. I had the mullet more or less with Van Halen. I have another picture with Van Halen. Yeah. So there's that part of you. And then uh, there is the Star Wars you. Mm -hmm. uh, and these two things I feel like are stories that I want to know more about. Yeah, um, because they do lead to kind of uh, this journey that you're on, the person that you are today, both in personality and persona, but also when you think about Star Wars and the spirituality of what that story represents and uh, having that power and learning how to channel it. So which, which I think we have to start with Aerosmith, Van Halen. Yeah, tell me, start with the rockers. Yeah, tell me about... Like, when was that era? How did that even come about? Well, we can start from the very beginning where, you know, as a young child, um, I was introduced to, like we all are, <clears throat> we're introduced to music. Um, you know, growing up, my mom was more of a Rolling Stone, uh, Chris Christopherson, um, Willie Nelson sort of fan. Uh, I have two sisters, uh, one who uh, <clears throat> had passed many years ago to, to leukemia, but she was also, you know, um, like a, a, a I, I idolized her, you know, as a young kid. They, they were much older than me. They were stepsisters through another marriage, but sisters nonetheless. And uh, she brought home uh, ACDC. Oh. And, I mean, I, I couldn't have been more than... I don't know, eight or nine years old or whatever. So I listened to that. Wow. So the first three records I ever picked up were records or cassettes. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I remember my first boombox. It was uh, two speakers that were, they were able to be detached from the oh, physical yeah. box. They would latch in yeah. and they would separate apart. Yeah. 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 So I, I went to Sears and I got Lionel Richie, Penny Lover, the, the, mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. one album that sold all that, um, all those copies. I bought With him Michael Jackson. laying down. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, bought Michael Jackson Thriller. Uh huh. Um, 
and I bought 1984 by Van Halen. Ooh. And that record changed my life. Really? So my father, my, my, my stepdad, I, I have many multiples of, of family, so I just call them dad and, and, and stuff like that. I don't see a difference in the connection of who those people are in my life. They're just people that love me and care about me. But so my, my dad that I lived with at the time, his name was Jimmy. And so one of the songs on the 1984 Van Halen was Top Jimmy. And I would crank that on 10 upstairs in my bedroom, you know, when, whenever he was home just to, you know, kind of get a, a, a buzz out of him. And then other days I would take those speakers <clears throat> and I would put them up on my windowsill. And we lived in, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and I lived on a, uh, on a street that had a cul-de-sac and the cul-de-sac, you know, mm-hmm. I was, this, I was the second house on probably a street of like 20 houses. So I was the second one and, and you'd go up another, you know, 10 houses to get to the even and then 10 down. And if I wasn't allowed to go out and play and people were up on the cul-de-sac, <clears throat> I would take my speakers and I would just crank Panama or hot for teachers as loud as I could. Yeah. And they could all hear it at the very, very top. And of course my parents would yell at me, but no, I mean, that was the, that was the catalyst for <clears throat> my, really my envisioning too. And I tell this story quite a bit and it's, it's pretty cool. So <clears throat> like every young kid at that age, I would have, well, not every, but in my example, I would have posters of all these rock bands. And we grow up idolizing and thinking these people are untouchable and thinking that they're something bigger than life. And, you know, because we're, we're kids, you know, that's right. what we do. We fantasize, yeah, yeah. We, we relish in all that. Same, you know, with, with Star Wars when I was a kid. So Eddie Van Halen was one of those, um, Van Halen in general, where I just, I just, something just resonated with me with the music. So after I bought 1984, um, I went backwards and I bought all of their other, you know, six records that they'd come out with before and I loved them all within the same and I just was infatuated with Eddie and his guitar playing this and that so I I distinctly remember I I couldn't have been but 12 13 years old laying in bed in Atlanta looking up at my ceiling um and you know looking around my room and saying one day I will meet Eddie Van Halen Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, fast forward, I'm in my 20s. Uh, it's 1998. I know this because I just got my uh, uh, thing framed with me and Eddie, with Eddie and I in the band. Um, it was 1998. I end up working at Warner Brothers, and I end up working for Van Halen on wow. the album that they released that day. So, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah. That's. <clears throat> and then how long were you in that rocker stint? Um, Kind of with Warner Brothers, because you know Aerosmith, Van Halen. Were you? Yeah. You definitely look like the rocker guy at the time. Yeah, I definitely. If you if you want to have a really good, enjoyable um, Instagram feed, follow the D-Lo. Um, yeah, it's but at, more importantly, at I am the D-Lo. Yeah, I am the D-Lo. Um, but you gotta search for that <laughs> picture. Because are you in a flannel, if I remember correctly, or something like that? Long hair. Did you have a mustache? I had a goatee. I, oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the chin of it went down to like my chest. It's like the Alice in Chains goatee. Oh my gosh! Day. I was like, whoa! And um, so, how long was that? How long did you work at Warner Brothers? So I went to, I, I came back here, um, Arizona, that is. I came back to Arizona after being in Atlanta through my parents' transfer. And I came to live with my other dad because when you're 16 and you know everything, the grass is always greener. So, <laughs> you know, I basically told my parents um, back in Atlanta, you know, um, I guess a twisted sister quote, we're not going to take it, you know? And so we're I moved totally. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to take it. Are you surprised? I know all this. I'm going to move to my dad's house. Not really. You're the same. You're the same, um, 
what do I say, the physical aspect on earth time frame as I am. So. Yeah, and my sister, who was older, I think she was, uh, I think I was in seventh grade when she was a senior, um, she was into ACDC. So my actual first exposure was ACDC back in black. That's awesome. And I was jamming to that. Oh, um, listen to that last night. Oh, man, the whole the whole album yeah. cassette at the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was just, it, it started things for me. Just you know, thunderstruck. Two, all those. Just two days ago, I pulled out my Eddie Van Halen uh, imitation guitar my wife bought me for Christmas last year, and I played Back in Black on it. And it was just like such a feeling of. Oh, man. And you know what's funny is I put. So I have a TikTok account too, because I just, as you had mentioned earlier, I'm just, I love the social media aspect of things and creating attention and all that uh, for the branding and all that I do. So I, I posted the video of me, you know, playing Back in Black on TikTok, and I get this kid who is like, oh, yeah, boomer, you know. So now I've what I've come to realize is that people our age were called boomers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Didn't and it's not necessarily a good thing, I don't think. <clears throat> I think they're doing it out of – because they're millennials or younger than millennials. And so boomers now, like, screw up everything, like, screw up the world. And I, mean, I, I got to hear it from my 18-year-old kid that's like, oh, stupid boomers, you know, when somebody, <laughs> like, doesn't do something that's older than, you know, 40. Yeah. Yeah, we're boomers. So I was like – I was like, so I responded back. I'm like, yeah, boomer up, man. You know, <laughs> cool. But back to your question. So I came back to Arizona. I went to ASU um, after a few stints at uh, Northern Arizona University. I ended up – it's too cold up there. So I went to ASU, and I got an internship with a um, – uh, a company called WEA, Warner Electra Atlantic, the three of the largest labels at the time uh, in music. And WEA, WEA, was the distribution company for those labels. So if Motley Crue came out with a record on Electra Records, WEA would be the distribution firm that would distribute the record. If the Chili Peppers came out with something on Warner Brothers or Van Halen on Warner Brothers, WEA would be. So I got to deal not just with Warner Brothers, but uh, with many different artists on different labels, kind of oh, all cool. under that umbrella. So who, like top five, like you have Van Halen, of course, Aerosmith, a couple others that are just... Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I, I'm... Hmm. Did you meet the Chili Peppers? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I oh, worked I for them guys. as well. Um, I worked for a whole bunch of bands that nobody's even heard of. The Prodigy, I mean... This band, like back in their day, and and you know, unfortunately, the singer ended up killing himself last year, I believe. Um, but they were just amazing. They were this at their time. Uh, Fat of the Land is their record. Um, they had the uh, Firestarter and uh, Breathe, and and just some amazing songs. It was like taking rock and techno and rap and kind of mixing it all together. When I stood on stage watching these guys, it was it was basically like a it was just a religious experience. How just, do you think that all of those experiences of that era? How do you think that is shown up in your life today? Um, mm, how do I think that has shown up in my life today? I, I think I look at life as um, more or less has a big production in the mm -hmm. sense that it's always um, it's always collecting you know, energy and, and data and all this stuff to put off an event, you know, and whatever that event is, big or small, I think that's, 
the way you know it's entertainment has helped me. I've I've watched these productions, I've seen these bands, I've seen all of this stuff, and I see how all of these big names and all these people that it takes to run to to put it together. And it's really no different than people say running their businesses or running their lives or running, you know, it's just about having that collective unity of energy and. Um, so collective energy, but also you knowing that there's like a team aspect. Yeah. You can't do it all solo, if you will. And, and it's work, but it's also meant to be fun and entertaining. Exactly. And I yeah, would say that 100%. sums up you in your personality even today. Like you definitely work, you have a beautiful business and and, uh, insurance business that's multifaceted. And you're actually known as kind of the guy in in the bar and restaurant insurance industry. Right. And that's a really cool thing. And I've heard that and seen that uh, in in articles and, you know, from, you know, it's not a self-proclaimed thing. It's a a bigger than you thing, which is pretty amazing. So um, to know that, but then you have the other side of the business, the personal insurance side, which includes home and auto and life, but um, what's cool about all that, because you think, oh, insurance is boring, you found a way in a lot of ways to make all of it very uh, entertaining and enjoyable, but more importantly, even through your business and going through policies, you entertain life mm-hmm. and people and, and your, your company, your employees, and then the customers. And so I get that. I see that yeah. in you, uh, in your you. social media. And I also... I because I've gotten to spend so much time with you, I know that in you as a person. Um, so. it's, it's all by, I mean, you're right, it's, it's all very much larger than me, but it's also all by design by me. Um, and I think still to this day, people have a pump the brakes sort of mentality when it comes to really putting out their true nature or what they really want to do out there because they feel like they have to somehow structure themselves inside as some sort of a box because they are an attorney or they are an insurance person or they are an accountant. And it's like, those boxes are, they're, they're long gone. Yeah. They don't have to be there anymore. They don't have to. And, and you found a way to kind of create the rules of your experience. Yeah. And that's one thing that when I work with people as well, and, and you were doing it long before you and I ever uh, connected, but um, that's one thing that, one of the biggest messages that I, I really would love to share with people um, in general is that the minute you live by the rules of what society says you can or can't do, or even by your past history's rules of, well, I would never been uh, somebody who uh, had this baking business, or I was never right. somebody who owned their own company, or so I'm always just gonna be this employee. That's your own rules based on your own history, yeah. or the rules of well, the market says we can't do this, so therefore we don't. What I love about you is how you live by rules that you create within an industry and without being aggressive as far as like being against the industry, without fighting an industry. You do it. You still work and serve people within an industry amongst the policies, amongst amongst the different layers of mm-hmm. it, but in your own set of rules. And that is an incredibly difficult thing for people to grasp or even then to do. Yeah. And it's incredibly difficult at times for me. I can just even revert back to remembering going to and, and still going to a lot of these insurance functions and being the only person there that is wearing, you know, vans with his dogs printed on them and, 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 and jeans and, and a, a t-shirt that, you know, says bar and restaurant insurance. Um, you know, that's just who I am. And a lot of these people 
will be quick to judge just based on an, on an appearance, even for somebody that, you know, like myself where it's like, okay, um, that's cool. But I, I, I think what, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that if you just work hard and you are absolutely true to what it is you're trying to accomplish, but you're you're there for the service of others to do 100% right all the time, none of that other stuff really matters. Yeah, I think you picked up on, well, you definitely picked up on something that is a key part of being authentic. Yeah. Authenticity isn't how you please others or how you show up for others um, to fit some environment or some culture or something. Authenticity is showing up in yourself just as who you are, as long as it's in a mindful and honorable way, first to you, mm -hmm. and then in whatever business or experience that you're in. So, you know, when that when that external honoring, it's like having your integrity. It's consistent. Yeah, it always shows up as being mindful. It's making sure that you have the best interests of people in mind, even if they're not going to like what you have to say. Well, y y yes, and 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 now I, I think of another point by you saying that. There's people that wear suits that end up screwing people over <laughs> more so than, you know, so it's like we're so fixated on this whole thing of you have to look a certain way, be a certain appearance, color, whatever, you know, when at the end of the day, no, you just need to be doing right. Yeah, and that is a huge thing. So for the people who do listen and, and, and pick this up, authenticity will trump image any single day of the week but you have to be consistent with it. Mm -hmm. And your intention, integrity, honoring yourself, and as a result, the natural honoring of others will happen. And if you do that really well, there's no other things that you have to hide behind. There's no other things you have to, to make shiny, to distract. You just show up and, and much like that, I think I, I, I went to a wedding, which I go to, I try to go to very few weddings as possible in my yeah. lifetime because it's, it's definitely, I think you the, can appreciate it. It's not that great. Um, anyway, um, mainly because, you know, anyway, it, it, it's irrelevant. But the point is, is that I went to a wedding and I wore a jacket for the first time and like I actually had to find it and then, you know, get it cleaned and yeah. ironed up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually had to, buy a white uh, button-down shirt. you feel uncomfortable? Sure. Uh, no, but I was going to a, a very dear friend's wedding, and it was kind of a gray motif, gray yeah. jacket, white shirt motif. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. That sounds fun. But it was weird. Yeah. But I, it didn't make me reflect on the, how grateful I am to just have whatever style. And I've done so many beautiful things in my life, as, as have you, and to be able to do it in your own style, because mm -hmm. I remember the early days where I was in a suit every single day. Right. You probably did some of that stuff, too, on no. some level. You never did no, that? I never had to. Never had yeah. to. Well, I'm sure you're not running around in a suit hanging out with Van Halen, because they're not going right. to care. But um, that's a pretty impressive thing. So, But to be in a whole con conference yeah. and be, like you said, the guy wearing a bar and restaurant, that's, that takes some... Well, it takes a little bit of balls um, yeah. in, in one aspect, but, you know, you bring back the effect that, you know, a lot of people know me and, and, and I have a reputation as the bar restaurant insurance guy. And again, this was something that did not happen overnight. I've been doing this 21 years now. And so I will tell you, I felt like 
an ass, you know, my first five years because I was not, and maybe longer because I was not secure with myself, but I was who I was. I was always authentic, but I still had a, uh, a quality within me, which I think a lot of us are, where we didn't have as much confidence. Right. Now that I'm older into the game, the confidence is there. The, the words speak for themselves and the work is spoken for itself. Right. But if I didn't keep, like after five years, if I didn't keep with that, you know, of who I truly was, I could have easily been the guy in the suit and gone work for another bigger agency and probably made more money and been miserable. And that, that consistency was a big part of the game. And, you know, authenticity and loving yourself, um, our work in progress yes. and, and confidence and releasing insecurity. Cause I remember when I started coaching, I mean, I had no degree mm. in it. I had no, I didn't even call myself a life coach cause that really wasn't who I was. I'm more of a, um, a mentalist, a brain training expert, you know, somebody who can work on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Um, but all of my experience came through my own changing life. And so, but man, I was really like, oh crap. Like I, I felt like in some ways I had no business being in, in this space because I didn't talk the same. I didn't look the same. I didn't act the same. Uh, none of the things, none of the language was, it was completely different. It was something I invented. Right. And so it took me That's a cool. couple of years uh, to do the same thing where I was like, oh man, like I'm going to stay consistent. Right. I know this is it. I just have to now yeah. grow into it. Is so, that kind of what you did is grow into it? That's exa- Well, yes, that's exactly what had happened. And, and, and so I had an interesting conversation yesterday with somebody. Actually, it was my staff. We were talking. And, you know, a lot of my staff, one of them in particular, has been with me for 18 years now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 18 years. Think about that. Okay? That's a long time. And a lot can happen in 18 years. And just literally in the last you know, decade, the last 10 years, a lot has happened with just my transition as a human and what's gone on. But you know, a lot of people are like, are you scared of, you know, not even scared, but like, you know, what's a, you know, do you worry about getting old? Do you, and I, I really just laugh at that question because it's like, what a gift to wake up and have the next day to do something, to be able to, and better, to be able to, um, keep conquering what you're there to conquer in a good way with the knowledge that you've encompassed from the day before and from many years before. And so I laugh because I'm like, I had a good time in my 20s. I had a really good time in my 20s. <laughs> Maybe too good of a time in my 20s. And so while I have zero regrets of all the stuff that I did, zero, it was a good time, I would never, ever go back to that because it's not where I am now. And I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for, at 45, you know, um, if we're putting a, a number on it, I'm so grateful for where I am at now and just the, every minute and, and having this um, th- this actual presence with you in this, in this moment, um, feeling better about that than any other aspect of what is in my my past or what could possibly be in my future because it's such a great thing. And having, mm-hmm. you know, having that knowledge, even in business, Yes, you know, the, the confidence and the buildup and all that is what has gotten me, you know, to here. Yeah, and, and I'm excited even for that. There's many messages already in this that people can pick up, but another one that was really cool is like for people out there who are, may still feel insecure, it doesn't mean it's wrong or it doesn't mean it's, it's who you are. Sometimes it just means you're still working to grow in mm-hmm. to the bigger version of who you are. Yeah. And if it feels good and the intention and the integrity is there and you're being authentic to yourself, give yourself time. 
know and trust that you will grow into your bigger self. And that's exactly what you did. It's exactly mm-hmm. what, what I had to do in, in our own ways, um, which is pretty cool. I want to get to a couple of things that are really important. One, working out, and that'll be, I think, after, because to me, Star Wars is next. Um, yeah. Star Wars, I know for me, was a big thing growing up. Huge. And I look at a few different things that I watched and hindsight going, oh, yeah, I guess I was thinking about this stuff long before I even understood. Mm-hmm. You know, I was into samurais and, and, and ninja stuff as a kid, like really big. That's right. all I thought about. And then Star Wars came out, and I was so, and I was just like, I remember just staring and thinking about the Force and all of that. And it just, you know that era. Like, tell me more about Star Wars because you don't. I mentioned even before we started how how awesome of a guy you are. But listen, you work out. You're an, I, I truly know you as an elite athlete. Um, there's a beautiful intensity. There's, a, there's, a, there's an energy about you that is what I would say like this very powerful type A personality. And there's a male energy that's really a high male energy, yeah. I would say. Um, but as you said, and it's also what I know you as, is a sensitive and emotional guy. And you grew up with a father you know, your, 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 your biological dad who's um, been in your life forever, yeah. the whole time, and he's a bodybuilder. Yep, still to this day. Still to this day, and I've seen some pictures of him. Looks amazing at how old? 71. 71, yeah. and he's still competing yep. in bodybuilding, which is amazing. So you grew up around that. I've seen some of your pictures of you being in this really buff dude Yeah. because you've gotten into that at various times, and now you train in a different way, but you still are really ripped and, and really healthy. So there's that guy. Where did the sensitive guy come in? Where, how did Star Wars kind of play into your spirituality and into the role of, that you're finding yourself in now? You know, Star Wars is an attraction on different levels to different people and, and, and probably you know, definitely has different meanings. And I, I think you know, to some people, obviously, it's an entertainment value. It's a, it's a fictional you know, story that people go watch and they escape, and that's really all it is to them. To me, it was always a interconnectivity with who I am, and it, and it gave meaning to, um, as, as silly as it may sound, like a movie or you know, something like that can give anybody some, some sort of meaning or outlook on real life. Um, that's really what it did for me. And George Lucas was no dummy. I mean, George Lucas, if you really um, look at the old interviews and, and you analyze the aspects of why he wrote Star Wars, how he wrote it, what his beliefs are, and, and all that, there's a lot of truth to the fact that um, this wasn't just a fictional space entertainment opera value, entertainment value. yeah there's there's so many hidden messages inside of it that and he's very connected dude he's a very connected dude yes um so when you want to get into the big landscape of things that we won't get into on this podcast they're they're just there you know he's one of those guys so when i look at it it, it was like wow you know when you look at <clears throat> When you look at the the aspects of the Jedi and the Force and the fact that we are all one energy, you know, mm-hmm. and how Yoda talks about, you know, the, the the Force is the energy of all. It's no different between the rock that's out here as opposed to the energy that's around you, and 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 it's all interconnected and all that. And it's a very powerful message for anybody that wants to take it. And you know, mm-hmm. at the same time, you. 
um, you're, yes, you're entertained by it as well, you know, and, and, you know, the Jedi are, uh, it's kind of funny because some people will, you know, they've created religions around this (laughs) and camps and all sorts of, you know, crazy fun stuff, which is all great. I mean, you know, um, me being more of a, a spiritual being, I, I just have a very big connectivity with, um, you know, the aspect of what a Jedi is and, and, and being able to utilize, um, a lot of the things that they talk about in the movie, maybe in my own life, you know, whether it's through, through the medit through meditation or through my exercising or, you know, stuff right. like that. And it's really interesting if, if you were to go back and look at the original Star Wars series and now kind of what the new stuff looks yeah. like, which is a lot like the old, right. When you go back and look at that stuff, there's a lot of spirituality in that. Mm-hmm. Just like Kung Fu Panda, just like Avatar. Yeah. Um, you know, I make a joke sometimes, like everything I, I learned, I, I learned from Kung Fu Panda, but um, there's a lot of spirituality in that and in in Star Wars, the original, and then also in Avatar. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, like meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation's a big one. Yeah. Um, when did you start meditating? And did you call it meditation? I don't, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I, I know that it's something that, you know, yeah, I started meditating and I didn't call it meditation when I started running because, um, and that was at nine, eight, nine years old. So I would go for a run um, and I would think about any and everything that I needed to think about that would come to me from a different a different place. Different space. Yeah. Not from the front of the head. Not from the front, yeah. Yeah, and so for people who are... Um, listening and thinking about really meditation is a simple practice of calming the front mind down to allow you to tap into your bigger back part of your mind. Yeah. Spirituality can be as simple as you thinking about the zoomed out thoughts uh, in your own experience of life, or it can be as big as tapping into something that comes, uh, a download, a thought, a consciousness that comes in from bigger. But it, spirituality is as simple as thinking about the zoomed out thoughts of your own life. Yeah. That's as simple as it can get. And it's funny to me that, and, and even myself at times where you get so busy with the day in and day out and you, and you feel like you have these schedules you have to adhere to, um, how much you can really miss out on um, getting those downloads and that information by just not keeping yourself quiet for just a little bit. When did you start doing it more um, deliberately sitting down? Being still, kind of doing it that way. At the beginning of my, like five years ago, beginning yeah. of my 40s. Right. What was the reason? What, what, why did you elevate to that space? I was ready for it. Yeah? Yeah. And how have you seen it start to affect you? Like, you know, being someone who's very active, very intense, like, you know, we've talked before, we've hung out. It's hard for you to sit still, you know, for more than, what, 10 mm-hmm. minutes at the most? All, all, all my meditations or all my, my sitting in silence or my run meditations or all that have conjured up all of my, all of my ideas. Yeah. All of my things that I'm working on now, things that, so just that, that proof positive of my creativity aspect that's gone up 100%, that's, that's why I continue to do it. Yeah. So then what's the next step for you? Where do you feel like, so you started doing it and you've made some transitions and, you know, we've talked about our connection and, and how that's assisted in channeling. What has that allowed you to do? Like what, what direction do you feel yourself going now? What's the next steps? What do you see? 
your skill level going to? Mm. So, yeah, not to, to run a commercial for you on your own podcast, but, <laughs> you know, ever since, you know, seeing you, you know, multiple months now, um, it's, it's really helped with a, a clear mindset of, um, having a, a common practice that is really working for me and being able to collect even more information, but also having a, uh, more of a confidence builder and an understanding in things that I can journal about and download with you and, and really gives me, um, even at a, a phase in my career, this far in my career, even more confidence to build that career even further in the way that now I really want to build it and to take myself out of situations that I may have grown successfully but may not want to be in anymore. And so you have helped me um, create a different confidence to get out of something that has become so systematic that I've been afraid to get out of because of um, it having... Um, maybe consequences that I'm not ready for, not necessarily good nor bad, just different when you're used to so much maybe financial gain this way and you're a little bit, you know, afraid of is that financial gain going to come this other way if I do this and really enjoy myself? So you've been a catalyst a thousandfold to help me um, with that level of authenticity and confidence to move to this next level of where I feel is going to be the ultimate in my life. Yeah, and, and to say a couple things there, even now, because I think for all of us to take a step in, a, in this direction, sometimes we feel we have to give up something over here. Mm-hmm. And what you're experiencing now is it's this and this, mm-hmm. not this or this. Yeah. And that's really what you're starting to experience is as this new, bigger direction and, and, and to speak just a little bit on it, which is really you're a bigger brand than even the bar insurance, mm-hmm. um, bar and insurance kind of restaurant, um, bar restaurant insurance side of you. Right. Um, and you have so much more to share. And yeah. it can be that and this next level for you. Right. And that's what you're really starting to step into. And before the old mind was a this or this. Right. And it doesn't have to be that. And, and so what I see is not only your business, both on the personal insurance and the and the uh, the uh commercial insurance side being growing tremendously. Mm -hmm. But I also see then all of that springboarding this other piece of you, which is you have so much content and so much to offer and so many beautiful messages. Um, So I I love that. The other thing I would say is for those of you who may be thinking about, well, how is this applicable? What does this mean? Like meditating, connecting, being able to channel. And by the way, we all channel. You know, any idea that doesn't come from the front of your brain because you read it in something, Mm -hmm. it comes from some backspace that's channeling. Anytime you think about pizza and then your partner says, hey, let's have pizza, you know, that's channeling, you know, this beautiful universe. Anytime you think about somebody and they call you. That's channeling. Channeling is happening when you go to bed at night and you sleep. You're channeling energy through you to heal, cover, and reset. So this is nothing uh, uh, unusual. It's something we all do. But to do it deliberately, that part can be unusual. Yeah. And if you wouldn't mind to share a generic, or you can keep a generic just for the sake of, of, of your experience, but there was a moment you shared with me about being able to go into a room of a bunch of people. Mm-hmm where it was almost like you were on the hot seat, if you will, of people wanting to understand their insurance coverage, understanding where they were. And you held not only 
such a big energy and a big space, but almost this channeling space to be able to know exactly what they were asking, what they wanted, and to be able to really yeah. like lace that through. Tell me about that and how this, how you translate meditation into affecting you in that way. So, yeah, the, the meeting that you're alluding to was one that, um, you know, still to this day, I live in a lot less, but I live in fear and, and I live in um, some, some as, aspects of um, not as much confidence as I probably should have um, because you sit in a room with other individuals that you all of a sudden in your mind and rightfully or not rightfully so, make this interpretation that they know more than you just right. because they're normal humanness. Normal humanness, humanness. right. So now what meditation and, and, and basically channeling and all that has allowed me to do is to walk into this same room and really collectively understand as I'm in there and I look at these energies um, that I am the specialist. I am, you know, I am the person that they have sought out to help them, to give them the advice. So now when I'm being asked the questions, it's one of those things where I can sit there, collect my thoughts, be calm, and I give I give the answer that you know is is necessary at that at you know at that time. And and, and if I don't have the exact answer, I'm able to back it up with you know. Um, you know, information that I have brought with me in order right. to be confident about, you know, all that. So it's, it's definitely a different mindset as, as opposed to if I would have walked in that meeting, you know, 10 years ago, I, I would have been lost, scared. I mean, just not able Stuttered to perform. almost like yeah, anytime exactly. they pressed you on anything, you would have been kind of doing the backpedal. Yeah. And, and this time it was more of a, it was more of me, um, being the, the elder in the room of elders, if that makes any sense. Mm. Oh, and, and, yeah, being st- and being, and being, being stern, but in a polite way, like, mm-hmm. no, this is not correct. I, I know you make an assumption that you know this based on your experience with insurance, but you're not correct. This is how it works. And so to be able to be that confident and to be that way um, is is very relieving. So really, and if we break it down a little bit, you channeled confidence. Yes. You channeled trust. Yep. You didn't just exist in the front of your mind which could have that which is where fear doubt worry insecurities that all lives there was some of that there yeah of course and that's because that's again normal humanness we're not going to get away from that you go to speak you go to do something different there's going to be that talk because that's normal programming there's that talk when you even to yourself when you leave the meeting and you feel like you've done you know you're like okay i did an okay job but what is really ironic about that situation is i have a friend that was in that meeting because that's how I have nurtured that account the last 11 years. And there's, you know, there's six people in this room, but to get the input back from the friend about the talk that was going on when you're not there, you're, it, it's kind of, again, like self-confidence because everything was like, dude, you handled yourself really good. Like you, you were awesome in there. Like, yeah. thank you, know, thanking me. Yeah. And that, so channeling trust, channeling confidence, channeling, not just operating from the front of the mind and that scurried mind and thinking like, am am I saying something right? Are they receiving it? You were just speaking from a bigger place, trusting in your bigger self, knowing that your intention was pure. The message you were saying was in your truth and you didn't focus so much on outcomes as much as how you were showing up. And yes. And another really valid point I think that is good to understand is that People are always hearing 
information from other people. And just because they hear information from other people does not mean that that information needs to be validated in the aspect of what it is that you're trying to portray to them. So just because, you know, Joe is talking to his attorney about insurance coverage, his attorney's an attorney, not an insurance agent, okay? Right. And this can be an example in any aspect of anybody's business. Right. But just because Joe's talking to his insurance, you know, attorney about insurance coverage and that this is the way it is, doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. So being able to go in there and just know that you're gonna hold your own. You're not trying to be the attorney. You're not giving legal advice. You're not giving accountant advice. You're giving, you know, in my aspect, insurance advice. Right. And it's okay to be confident to tell them that your attorney doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, right. it's like, it's okay. Yeah, not, so not to appease people, like in, yeah. this is on any level. If you're in a truth and you have a knowing, you don't have to defend your truth. Right. You don't have to try to invalidate somebody else's. You don't have to validate or make them feel better about what they got from somebody else. Correct. Just keep it simple. Yeah. And that's pretty good, pretty cool information. Now, to me, in that and other things that you've shared with me, that's using the force. Yeah, definitely using the force. Because you had to energetically kind of project out an energy and a centeredness and a and a and a power that allowed you to it's a Jedi mind trick. Yeah, wow. Well, it's totally what it is. No, but you know, speaking of that, the Jedi mind is is when you they talk about the dark side and the force, and you're really talking about the the, the negative, the 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 ego, yeah, right? Uh, versus the higher self. I mean, that's really a lot of what they're breaking down. Um, we watched that last movie, the most recent one that came out, and there was a lot of talk about. The ego. That's and a good point. The dark side really is all about the ego and yeah. somebody's need to be everything. Yeah, choosing greed, choosing to conquer, choosing to, to, to dominate from this egoic place yeah. versus to to be a, 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 a Jedi and lead by the light and lead by this example and lead by a higher way. Yeah. And that's really a lot of when you bring it down what that what that is. Completely. Yeah. Um, well, that's a pretty cool thing to hear, and and I do appreciate your kind words. Um, really, what I'll tell anyone is that if whoever puts in this work, because the the work that I do with anybody, it's just it's simple work. There's mm -hmm. there's some there's some it's brain training. It's tapping into this bigger construct of the mind. It's being able to channel energy and to channel this. This, this way of being. And the energy, again, is nothing spiritual. You, ch you channel energy when you go to bed and sleep at night. Right. Because that's how you heal and recover. Right. From sickness, from tiredness, from whatever yeah. injury or whatever else. It is not some special thing. We all do it. But to channel it during the day in a way that's going to create a harmony, flow, abundance, bigger mind, bigger outcomes. Yeah. That's magical. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. But you use the same energy to do it. You use the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk working out and training and how that's been one of the things that's kind of led you to this next step in mm -hmm. your in your journey. Yeah. Um, you've been working out for a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been running and lifting weights since I was a kid. I mean, eight eight years old. Wow. Yeah. And then today, what do your workouts look like and how are they different than like the good old days, if you will? Well, the good old days, I, 
would go to the gym for an hour and a half to two hours at a time and you know I'd do a set and walk around for five minutes and you know have uh, what is it um, invisible lat syndrome ILS um, you know walk around like this but uh, and that, that was all fine I mean it, it was good I probably you know a lot more a lot more man in me then now it's really about um, at a minimum 20 minutes a day to you know 45 minutes a day um, of how many days a week uh, well every day of the week but actually like physical um, uh, physical uh, how do I say damage to my body I probably limit it to about five days a week and the other two is more or less like just very much active stretching and and you know always doing something you know with the body so healing recovering loving yeah. on the body honoring it exactly all that sort of stuff um it's my water bottle uh so anyways the the workouts now consist of a lot of what you had just said and then um you know mixing some weights in there and then i run uh five days a week i have a long run on the weekend which is you know eight to ten miles in the trails um that's a really good escape for me i enjoy that very much I have some speed workout on the track on Wednesdays. Escape or running towards yourself? Um, running away from something or running towards yourself? No, I'm definitely yourself? not running away from anything. I think it's more of um, it's more fantasy for me. Yeah? Yeah, because I feel like I'm just, I'm in a different world. So it's more of adventure and play yeah. in a space that you want to be in. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. I do know people who try to escape through working out. Yeah. No, I don't need to escape anything. I yeah. just, I like to go do it. Yeah. I knew that. I just wanted to make yeah. sure everyone else knew that. Yeah. Um, because it's a pretty cool thing. You know, I, conversely, I, I work out 20, 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do some cardio, but I don't get a ton of cardio in just a lot of time, especially as of late, my schedule I'm back to back, and maybe I have a, a, a half hour window between things. Yeah. My ideal thing is to, to do some cardio, go for a run, come back, strength train, or mix the aerodyne in with my strength training mm-hmm. workout, which is also great cardio, um, which is what we're going to do today, right? Yeah. We're going right. to play today. Um, but what would you say to people who are listening and going, Jesus, five days a week? Uh, you work with some people. You've started. A, what's the movement? Tell me the movement that you started. Yeah. Um, so being in insurance and hospitality in the hospitality space, I've and I've also owned thirteen bars and restaurants over my time as well. Um, and so I've I've dealt um, with a lot of employees in that space. I, I know a lot of people that work in the space. A lot of business owners in the space of hospitality, bars, restaurants, nightclubs, uh, hotels, that sort of stuff. Um, but I've noticed a, a, a complete meltdown of, you know, people taking care of themselves in that, yeah. in, in that area. And Exercise, so, food, all of it. Yeah, all of it. Meditation, mental aspect, um, you know, uh, financial wellness, any and all of that. And so I have a very, um, my heart's very close to that part of the industry because that's where I really came from. At the end of the day, I'm not in insurance, I'm in hospitality. I mean, I grew up staring at pictures of Eddie Van Halen. You know, mm-hmm. it was entertainment for me. It was those right. things where that dream um, helped me create the goal of being in the hospitality, which I'm in now. I just provide a service, which happens to be insurance. So, in order for me to combine that passion with my pat- passion for my lifelong um, 
uh, ability to be in physical fitness and to, to be a quote unquote, you know, athlete. Um, I wanted to combine the two. And so I've created a movement called, <coughs> called healthy hospitality. And it's something that through my private, not my private brand, but through my personal brand, I am the DLO, um, which I have a website, you know, to that same name. Um, I'm creating a program where people in that space can now have a place to come to to collectively get together and learn uh, really simplistic aspects of health and wellness that can help them through their days. And it's not stuff that is rocket science. It's very simplistic, but they're, they're tools and, and it's creating a community for them to be able to feel like it's their community and not Joe Musclehead's community that they're never going to follow or be a part of. You know, I'm just a regular dude that's in the hospitality space that's trying to give, not trying, but will be giving my tricks of the trade and things that I do on a very simplistic level to help them so that they can just improve their health and wellness by 20, 30%. They're going to find themselves more productive, feeling better, you know, because the physical is, is important to keep the, the mental in check. Yeah. And what I've definitely done within my path and clarity and spiritual wisdom is understand how less is more when it mm -hmm. comes to training. Yes. And it, it's about just trying to stay consistent as possible. Um, but that's why it's, it's a really small amount of time for me, just mm -hmm. 20 minutes. I can, yeah. get it, I, can, I can actually do it all in 15 minutes. It's perfect. Um, I have a gym in my backyard. Mm -hmm. You have a gym in your garage. Yep. It can be as simple as that. You can literally have it in your bedroom. And by that, I mean get out of bed, do some sit-ups, do some push-ups, do some lunges. Yeah. Something as You don't need weights. It's your that. body. Yeah. yeah. One of the, I'm a big fan of, of uh, weight vest mm -hmm. because weight vests do so much for elevating the experience without cr creating an increase of pain or struggle or yeah. even intensity. Um, because for your body to carry a little extra weight with a weight vest, everything has to elevate to do that. And at first, it gets a, it's, it takes some time to adjust, but it just enhances it does. everything that yeah. you do. But more importantly, you don't have to do a lot to do this right no a couple days a week yeah what do, you, what do you think for somebody starting off in the hospital like whether they're like an owner or a chef or well, maybe someone anybody it doesn't really matter 100 percent mobility i mean you know i'm, I'm creating an ebook right now healthy hospitality <laughs> ebook we should be done with it in the next couple weeks that will re release on the website along with a couple podcasts pertaining to it I've linked myself up with some, you know, high-end chef out here. Um, when I say high-end, you know, somebody that's been doing it for a long time, very good chef, but has been in the industry and he's been through the gamuts of, you know, the parting too much to now, you know, getting on the healthy track. Um, so I've aligned myself with people such as himself and then one of the top fitness trainers in, in not just Arizona, but in the nation, you know, writes for men's health and does all this sort of stuff. So by aligning myself with people that are, you know, smarter than me and they're different facets of the business and trying to combine them. And, and I have others, you know, and, and hopefully you will also be a part of this, of this group um, that will, you know, again, create um, these programs to help people on a simplistic level. So back to your question, you know, the, the first thing starting out is mobility. You know, people just getting up and before shift, if you're going to go work 10 hours, stretch yourself out. And here's you know, basically links in the book are going to be places you can go to YouTube and you can see, you know, five of the most simplistic stretches that are just going to help you feel better as you're working a 10 hour shift to do that. And then, you know, when you, 
you know, get your six to hopefully eight hours of rest, you know, if you can get that done and then you want to wake up the next day and do a workout, here's a very simple, you know, 10 minute body weight workout, do some lunges, do some squats, body weight squats, do some pushups, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And then maybe work some more mobility into it. But I think mobility is so overlooked that people wonder why their backs are tight or right. if they're reaching to put the ice, you know, up into the, up into the filler and all that stuff and they end up pulling a muscle a lot of this stuff can be avoided by just you know acknowledging that your body is there right and that and that's something that i'd like to talk a little bit more about from my side of it but what what i heard you say was just it's really simple it starts with some simple stretching that your book would provide mm -hmm. those and so that's going to be out how soon uh, a couple weeks and anyone it doesn't matter what industry they're in they can they can totally follow this. Oh yeah, and it'll benefit. Them. Any, any, really, it's a booklet not just for hospitality. Even though it is based, and the groups will be providing that community, but it's based for any busy entrepreneur that's yeah. traveling, that's doing. You know, that just doesn't have the time, but they need to have the time. Right, um, and so it's that mobility. It's so underrated. It's key yeah. because what in, in my approach from a spiritual approach to training and to stretching and any of that, it, it is, we're meant to be in partnership with our body. We're not a dictator. We don't say to our body, Hey, you're doing this today and this is just how it is. You're just going to have to deal. Right. That's what we believe mm -hmm. under the illusion yeah. that we are in a dictatorship over our body and we tell it what to do and even like mm -hmm. all the athletes and because I work with a lot of pro athletes and mm -hmm. it's the same concept it's in and they would tell you oh like if I open and close my hand oh my mind's making my hand do this no my mind is asking my hand to do this my body kind of assesses the situation goes mm, I'm okay with that mm -hmm. I'm agreeable let's do that but any athlete will tell you there's a lot of times when they're trying to um, get their eye on the ball or they're trying to perform uh, in, 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 in football or in hockey or in swimming or whatever else that, that has been in fighting. And it's like there's days where they're a half second too slow. There's days where they, they can't, they don't have the coordination because no matter how much their mind says do this, even something they've done so many times, yep. their body's like, I'm not in it today. Totally. And many of my athletes, the, the thing they always want to be in is in that zone. Mm-hmm. And I work with athletes to create that zone. And it, you can deliberately create a zone every single day and be in that zone. And that's one of the biggest benefits that they get. But as a human, that co same concept is there. If you understand the basic principles of your body is meant to be in partnership with you, yeah. if you love on it through some stretching, mm -hmm. tell it you're grateful just for the fact you still get to walk and move. And, yeah. and you listen to the areas that are tight. Because those areas are, is the body's way of communicating to create more flow right if it's the hamstrings if it's the hips if it's so as you're stretching you're saying thank you to your body mm -hmm. you're loving on your body and listening to the feedback of areas that maybe you want a little extra in or the body's yep. asking for a little more in that relationship that you build that partnership that you get to build with your body becomes one of trust yeah versus like oh fear doubt worry whatever else it is anger irritation a lot of people will look in the mirror and not be happy at themselves. That negativity is intense. So stretching, mobility can be an opportunity to say, I love you and I care about you or, yeah. and I care about myself and I care about the partnership. Training, same way. It's not about beating yourself up. No. It's about partnering with your body. Right. It's about letting it loose yep. to be free.
And you've done a little transition in that space because we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. And how has that felt for you to just kind of like set your body free, free through training? It's, it's felt amazing in the sense that, <clears throat> as you alluded to before, and I've even written it down through one of our, uh, one of our sessions, less is more. And I do find myself doing less. And I find out that when I go for my long run, you know, um, if it's a week where I've done less or maybe I took an extra day of rest and I really just concentrated on just listening to the body, I'll go out on that run and I'll smoke it. Like, I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? I've done this run a million times and here I am running a minute faster each mile without, in miles seven and eight, very little effort, you know? Whereas, you know, more times than not, when I'm just trying to push myself through it just to, to get it done, it's a different situation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really great because yeah. someone who trains as much as you do, as consistent as you do, you can do it without abuse. You can do it mm-hmm. and listen to your body. You can do it to and, and evolve the partnership. And the side effect, not because it's the intention, the side effect is even a bigger outcome than you thought you could do with your mind alone. I think the biggest thing that when you when you're dealing with a type a personality such as myself as i've been self-diagnosed um (laughs) and other diagnosed yeah when you're dealing with a type a personality um it's and and it's still within me that if you if you miss something that's on the schedule then your whole world's going to crumble like oh my god if i if i miss this run i'm going to be uh, you know, like you, you all of a sudden have this unrealistic analyzation that, you know, the, the four years of running that you've been doing is all of a sudden going to crumble because you missed one stupid run. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Still happens yeah. to this day. Yeah. But that could be the best thing that happened to you because then you go out two days later and you're like smoking it. Right. And, and you know, if we were to assess you in, the, in that level you operate, owning your own business, doing, you know, really being at the top of your game, both in business Physically, when yeah. the things you're able to do, how far you run, because you have some really long distance runs, you compete running, trail running, um, some of the training you do, you're at a you're at a top level. Like when when you're training in the gym, you're training with guys that are half your age, yeah, and keeping up, if not doing more. Right. I would say physically, you're at the top level. I think in the business in the industry, that's clear that you're at the top level. In a lot of ways, you're operating at a high elite level. It takes work to get there, but more importantly, it takes you continuing to find yourself, partner with yourself, love on yourself. But none of this, and this is really where I'm going with this, is none of this doesn't come without humanness. Right. You know, you feeling that, like, man, I missed this run, and there's still those ridiculous thoughts, like, everything's going to go by the wayside now because I missed out on this thing. That's humanness. Yeah. In our lives, your life, my life, anybody's life that's really living at a high level, people trying to start down this road, they feel like their humanness is too big for them to get anywhere to right. get started. And that's not true. No. It's because not. you and I live with humanness every single day. And, and if I can do it, because I know how messed up my life used to be, and somebody as dominant as you in the human mind can do it and really step back, start to act, access the bigger mind to operate from a much bigger place in life. And that's been over the course of many, many years. Mm-hmm. If we can do this, anybody can do it. Right, because you and I, I would, we're 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 easily could be just a couple of cavemen, you know. Oh, easily. There's nothing special about who who I am. It's what I've done with who I am, you know. In that sense, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just the other night I was eating uh, chocolate 
granola with whipped cream on it because I was hungry at, you know, 8.30 at night. I mean, I'm as human as they get. Yeah. And I want to make that distinction because, like, people, it's really important for people to understand. We're always going to be human. Yeah. Humanness runs deep through all of us. Yeah. We're never going to escape it. No. It's if we can let our humanness be secondary to our higher selves. Mm -hmm. And that's not always a... That's not always going to happen in everyday life. No, not at all. That's why it takes it takes daily um, uh, cognitive focus. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, uh, well, somebody I was working with a client uh. and training the mind, training mindfulness. Actually, as a thing, training intention. You have mm-hmm. to actually train. Mm-hmm. To think about intention. Right. It's not just something that happens. Yeah. We're not built that way anymore. No. Maybe back thousands and thousands of years ago, we were built differently. But today's human, no matter what age, boomer or millennial or yeah. anyone else, yeah. whatever label you want to put on it, we're not trained this way. We have to train for mindfulness. We have to train the brain to understand, to keep things simple. We have to train to actually use the back of the brain. Mm-hmm. These are all things that we're capable of doing. Um, even training um, to uh, communication that is loving. Yeah. Like, that was a big one for me because I grew up in a family that the language wasn't yeah. necessarily a loving language. Right. So uh, all this stuff has to be trained. And so wherever anyone's at in the process, there's hope for all of there's us. There's hope for all, everybody, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. And and that, you know, as I look at the the hospitality industry and I look at... You look at the quote unquote um, the, the the younger twenty year olds that are just getting into it, and you're you're hoping to make a difference in the aspect that hey, look, you know, check this out. Don't necessarily go a hundred percent down the path of you know cocaine and liquor every night after your shift. Let's you know let's it's hip to be healthy nowadays. And then you look at the, the older, you know, the, the 45 year old chef that's been through hell and back again, but now wants to collectively rejuvenate his body and be healthy because his or her, you know, situation as an owner has changed because now they're, they're, they're actually running their business as opposed to playing in their business. And they have a family and they have, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they, they have physical aspects to them that they want to look better, feel better, do all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely for something for everybody. Yeah, and it's so much easier to just be a little bit more mindful. Yeah, because everything gets easier, and it doesn't have to be that complicated or that difficult. Very and I think stuff. that's the message that I again, I don't think that is the message I am going to portray out there with what I'm putting out. Simple. There. Yeah, and something that is doable for anyone at any level. Right. And knowing that it doesn't mean perfection or that you have to act a certain way. Correct. You get to be you in whatever space you're in. Yeah. Just add a little bit of these simple things to honor yourself in different ways, and it'll only enhance your life. Correct. And you're going to be human still. You don't have to go escape to the mountains. You don't have to quit your job and go do something else. There's no... It, just be where you're at. Yeah. And just love on yourself a little bit more. Through some mobility, through some training, through some mindfulness, through some good eating. Yeah, good eating, breathing to the back of the head, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I love what you're doing. I'm excited to see the brand continue to get built and um the DLO, I am the DLO.com, mm-hmm. right? Is is yes. the thing. You are the DLO. I am, yep, since birth. 
since birth. And um, yeah, the force is definitely strong within you. Um, again, if you if you if you check him out on Instagram, he's got so much entertainment value, and you're actually talking more too now. You're starting to do more stuff on mm-hmm. um, positive messaging and yes. stuff like that, which is really great to see. So thanks, thank you so much. Yeah, I thanks appreciate for having the time. me. This is great. Yeah, it's beautiful up here. This is a great place to have a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited, and uh, yeah, now uh, let's go train. Cool.